self-indulgent, you haven't seen anything yet. Let's go and get your grimy with a rhyme style rhyme scene. Now, never mind the crazy times behind me. But I'd like to mention how thankful I am for everyone that reads my article. Star City Games, Channel, Fireball, Legion Events, and RIW, MTG Mom, and MTG Salvation, Mana Nation, Quiet Speculation, The Magic Show, and The Starkington Post. The podcasters casting from coast to coast. Top 8 Magic, Yo MTG Caps, Men of Magic, and MTG Cast. Limited resources, mana deprived. MTG the source, 60 cards, GG live. TCG playoff, the 1802 drop. Blogs by Jerry, Agent 504. Welcome to episode number 13 of The Third Power. That was a sample from uh, the song Hymn to Torok by The Gathering, uh, Pat Chapin, and Bill Bolden's uh, hip, uh, nerdcore hip hop group. Uh, that album's coming out May on May uh, 9th, and, you know, the hint to Torok, you know, makes me think, you know, like, you know, that's definitely one of the most busted commons, like, ever, and in honor of that, I have Adam Staborski once again, to talk about the commons from New Phyrexia 4Cube. Adam, how you doing? Pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, definitely excited. There's a lot of really interesting uh, commons from the set. Like, one of the best cards in the set total, like, even for, like, my cube, is a common, and that makes me very happy. Sweet. Yup. I'm, I'm definitely excited. So do you, is, do you just want to get into it? Just kind of talk awesome commons? Yeah, well, I mean, um, let me just get the ob- obligatory uh, pump out of the way. Um, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, those of you who who don't know me, which is probably nobody because there's probably like ten people that would listen to this podcast. Um, you know, I uh, I write the weekly serious fun column for the Mothership. I uh, I have a weekly column at Gathering Magic, the uh, the new face of Mana Nation. Um, I also do some editorial work for Quiet Speculation, and I have my Popper Cube blog, thepoppercube.wordpress.com. So. That's where you can find all my awesome stuff at, but um, I think uh, I think getting into things, because I've probably listed way too many cards. It's pretty obscene what's going on in New Phyrexia, so I'm I'm excited to get started. Have you done the uh, like the, the single card discussion like you did on the other stuff? I, I actually haven't grabbed anything from New Phyrexia. I'm a bit backlogged. I was actually working up a really cool um, Trinket Mage post that I need to finish. Somebody asked me why I run Trinket Mage, why I don't run Trinket Mage yet, um, you know, which, you know, but pointed out that I have Totem Guide Heart of Beast. Thanks, Usman. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> took took months of convincing, but it's in there. It's fine. Um, so as soon as I can, I'm, I'm hopeful that I can finish that and uh, do some new Phyrexy stuff, but um, I'm this will definitely uh, definitely work in the meantime. Sweet. Alrighty. In uh, the usual fashion, like, or at least I don't know if this is the usual fashion, but it makes sense to just go in, you know, a color order, you know, white, blue, black, red, green, and then artifacts. And for this one, we're going to mainly, like, the whole Phyrexian mana uh, makes this kind of an odd situation with colors. And I guess maybe we should, do you want to talk about that a little bit in terms of, like, if you want to, like, whether you're putting, like, Phyrexian cards in their appropriate color or you're doing colorless or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's, um, you know, the, the two classical ways cubists seem to approach um, colored 
you know, artifacts with a colored activate, uh, artifacts or lands, I should say, with um, a colored activated ability, or, um, you know, now Phyrexian cards, which can be cast without actually spending a color of mana, is to put them in the color where the activated ability or the Phyrexian mana cost is. And the reason for that is that, um, usually speaking, that's the optimal play mode for that card. Um, you know, the Phyrexian mana, it's, you know, it's sweet that you can pay life to effectively accelerate out a card. Um, you know, or you can play certain cards for free effectively. You know, there's no mana cost. Um, so free spells, you, you know, they get a lot of attention. You know, being able to cast things faster gets a lot of attention. You know, it's a really powerful thing you can do in Magic. But um, ultimately, at the, at the popper level at least, all of the commons that I'm looking at are um, function more like cards like Jilt where, yes, it's a blue card, but if you're not paying the red kicker, you're probably, I mean, you're not getting the most out of the card. The fact that it's two cards stapled together, um, you know, that's the optimal play mode for it. And that's why, um, you know, I put it in blue-red. Most most Cubists put it in blue-red, but, uh, you know, ultimately where you put it's going to depend on your system. But that's where that's where I put it, and I think that's where you're putting, putting it, right, Usman? Yeah, I, I'm mainly, uh, like, the Metamorph via New Clone is in blue. I mean... There are sometimes like, like I've tested out the new Phyrexia cards, and I've tried like, uh, did a draft yesterday, and uh, what's that? The uh, the Porcelain Legionnaire. Somebody drafted that in red green, but I think for the most part, yeah, it, their optimal use is going to be in that color. Like the new clones can be best in blue, and it's just, you know, it, it can be nice. It's kind of like with the playing, the uh, off color like Jilt or Dismantling Blow. It's like sometimes you'll play it in solid white, but I'm never happy when I have to. It's just kind of like, I need something to deal with uh, uh, Fate's Fetters. Well, I can play this. It's it's the flexibility. Like, being able to look at a card and go, you know, like like the like Clone Steel, as I'm fond of calling Frixian Metamorph now. If, oh, nice. If you're, playing, if you're playing a heavy artifact deck, you know, and you're not playing blue, but you'd gladly pay two life... For in addition to sculpting steel, to get it, you know that you know, it gives you the option. It gives you that flexibility to put it in there. You know, and I think that that um, I actually think in powered cubes and um, cubes that have a heavy focus on you know if they have like all the really good equipment, and they have a lot of really good artifacts. I honestly think playing it as a putting it in as a colorless card is completely reasonable um, because most people are going to pick it up as sculpting steel when there's just so many good targets for it. I mean, would you pay two life and three mana to copy your opponent's um, Mer Battlesphere? Mm-hmm. Even then, like yesterday yeah. night, I think I copied a. Uh, I think I copied us um, for three mana because I was like low on land. I copied a uh, Simic Sky Swallower. You know, I definitely needed. <laughs> I was like, ah, gotta get there. Copy a Simic Sky Swallower. Yeah, and then that's the. Um, you know, that's the nice thing about it, is that it's convenient. You can pay blue for it if you need to, but the fact that you don't um, gives it that flexibility, and, you know, really it comes down to your cube. You know, if you've got, you know, a really heavy, good artifact focus, and lots of people are playing lots of good artifacts, snagging that as a colorless card, you know, and looking at it that way as just, like, a pure artifact is very reasonable. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, like, but I think, I don't know, I think it kind of depends on these cards, like, a lot of these are really interesting, like, some are artifacts with off-color costs and stuff, but I'm, I don't yeah, know. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. But we'll get to those. Speaking There's of which, stuff. yeah, I was about to you wanna speak. Hit, you want to hit Infect really quick, too? Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, and yeah, there's a couple of cards with Infect, 
like uh, the one one for for a green mana, the name that I can't remember. And there's a couple others like the five five in a blue for a five five. In fact, that can't attack unless they're poisoned. And uh, was it like the unblockable? I I really should know these names, but I don't. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's going to take time to to absorb them all in. But um, the uh, probably the, the 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 biggest takeaway I have from Infectum Third Set is that you know the when I looked at Scars of Mirrodin, I looked at Mirrodin Siege, you know. Will infect make it into cubes, and I think that the ultimate answer is no. Um, at least e- even for my cube, and I think that my cube is the one spot where a infect sub theme can really be pushed effectively. Um, and what I mean by that is that I have a very tight cube. I keep it um, just above 360 cards, which is exactly what you need for an eight-man draft, and um, I keep a very tight leash on on what cards can be seen in a draft that way. Um, basically everything gets seen and it's, you know, all the themes are present in every draft. Um, so for Infect to work, you really need, you know, a sufficient number of Infect creatures. And to do that, um, I would have to probably put in, you know, around 12 to 13 Infect creatures. So that way the majority of the creatures in in your deck would be Infect. And to do that, the, the only efficient ones that are worth it are going to be spread across three colors. Uh, mostly green and a little bit of white and black. And so you're looking at a three-color deck um, that supports one Infect Drafter if they force it. And that's the, you know, that's um, Usman's favorite soapbox to, to bash on, the best-case scenario yeah. <laughs> of, of putting it in. And so it's, it's you know, and it's fairly reasonable when you have a very, very tight cube and all those Infect cards are going to get seen. Um, because individually, Infect cards really don't compare to the... Um, you know, like if you're looking at Blight Widow versus um, Penumbra Spider, you know, I think that hands down you'll grab Penumbra Spider every time in my cube, unless you're the guy forcing infect. And I think that that, you know, I, I think that's as, as appealing as it gets. I think that there's just not enough, um, there isn't enough, probably the best way to put it here, the, there isn't a critical mass of efficient commons, of, of unique efficient commons that can make the Infect theme work. And if there was, it would still be spread across three colors. Yeah, and then, like, all the pieces have to come together, and, yeah, that just won't work. Like, I remember we were talking about, like, the... I think it was, like, Priest of Norn and Blight Widow. And I think those are nice defenders, but, I mean, like, it ultimately come down to it. Are, like, are they going to make the cut? And the big answer was, like, no. Like... <laughs> They're good defenders, but I'm like, yeah, like Penumbra Spider, or uh, Blastoderm, or uh, like the Wild Leotau and whatever. Just like four mana is so stacked in green. Seems like that's the way in every cube. Four mana is stacked in green, and then a Priest of Norn is just kind of like, it's a nice defender, and yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, you know, there, there are okay effect, infect creatures, and they've definitely gotten better as the sets have gone on. Um, you know, I think it's just, I think it's just a, you know, the diversity, the diversity just isn't there. And if the diversity was there, the color support would be very awkward. You'd, you'd really have to force green and pick up the mana fix for it. And, um, you'd still have to make, you'd still have to cross your fingers that nobody else had decided to spontaneously force infect as well, because you would effectively cut each other and neither of you would be able to complete the deck. Yeah, so it's it's you know it's you know it's one of those things where we're looking at the 
you know, looking at the worst case is, you know, the likelihood of the worst case is pretty fair. And I think that, that kind of keeps it out of, that in my mind, that pushes it out of being something I want to do as a, as a theme. This is something. Yeah, I can get behind it. I give it a thumbs up. Which is why I didn't, I didn't want to talk about any of the infect commons, because they're, there's nothing to talk about. I was about to say, I don't even remember <laughs> the names of them. It's just remember the, like, two mana. I mean, they're... Well, like there's, the two, there's Lost there's lost Leonin, there's um, the the one mana, the one green, one one infect guy. I mean, there's the the common, the, the base infect dudes that people have been waiting for, that have been talking about, are there now. You know, you've got your, you've got your infect bear, effectively. You've got your infect one drop. You know, it's, it's there now. You know, everybody, everybody's in... You know, everybody's in attendance, but it's um, there's just not enough of them. Yeah, it'll be interesting for draft, but not for not for common cube, really any cube, really. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get moving here. Alrighty, first one is uh, because we're going to you know Wuberg order. First one is Apostle's Blessing, and that's one and a white Phyrexian mana, uh, for an instant target artifact or creature you control gains pro artifact or pro-color of choice until end of turn. Now, like, as soon as I saw it, like, the first card to compare it to was Shelter from Odyssey? Yeah, that sounds right. It's just a totally banging card. Yeah, like, that. Like that is a house. That is a house and a half. Like, for, for a card to... Like, if you want to talk about white card advantage, that's exactly the type of card that... That is white card advantage. You know, you're going to win a combat step. You're going to, or you're going to get some damage through, or you're going to counter a removal spell, and you, it's it cantrips. And um, the difference here is that Apostle's Blessing, because you can cast it for cast it for one colorless, you can um, you can you can pick that up for decks that necessarily, you know, that, that want a combat trick but don't have as access to as many good ones, like say like a blue black deck. Um, and it's cheaper to cast, you know, it frees up your mana a little bit, but it loses the cantrip effect. And um, that's what that's what I was going to pose to you, Usman, is, is how good is cantrip versus the tempo of being able to cast it fast, cast like, it easier? Like, I don't know, I, I definitely think that's a huge hit. Like, if I had to choose, I mean, Shelter is going to be the pick, but, like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an interest. there's a huge difference, like, between one and two, and there's an even bigger one between zero and one, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just spoiled by like having a cantrip on it or something. It's <laughs> like, give me a cantrip. I, but I don't know. Is it worth it? Maybe. I don't know. I don't I, see including it in my comments cube anytime soon. But like, seems seems fine. But that's <laughs> that's like the ultimate death knell for a card in cube. Is seems fine. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I think if you you know if, if you really want to push combat tricks, I think this is probably a really interesting one because it it can appear in decks you wouldn't expect it from, and you know, oh, sh- uh, I'll shock myself to be able to have my creature kill yours in combat and stay alive it can be totally worth it. Um, you know, I mean, would you pay would you pay one colorless and two life for a removal spell? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. situa- situationally, it's interesting. So if you wanted to increase your, your combat trick quotient, you know, I think that that's one of the interesting options to look at. Do you remember the card uh, Chomano's Blessing? 
Yeah, it's like the the instant aura pro color of your choice, right? Yeah. Would you? What do you think of Apostle's Blessing versus that card? I think I think I like Apostle's Blessing better. Um, Chomano's Blessing is double white, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, and that cost is kind of awkward. And it's it's a rough cost, and you know it's really sweet to stick around as an enchantment, but um, you know I, I even being an enchantment is fine. You know, I, I think at common there's, um, you know, it's, it's a little safer to play auras than you know when there's a, you know, when there when there aren't wrath effects to just increase the x, you know, x for one quotient that your opponent's getting when they play play wrath. But um, yeah, I really like combat tricks. I think that you know protection from color is a pretty powerful effect, and I'd really like to see, you know, I'd like to see that as more of like a temporary thing or as um, as a one shot effect. I think that that plays a little bit different. You know, a little bit more interesting than just, you know, snap, I'm playing them on a white deck that, that has protection from your deck now. Yeah, <laughs> with, like, uh, Guardian of the Guild Pact and everything. Yeah, uh, power-wise, you know, yeah, two mana blessings is probably more powerful, but I think, um, I think, you know, if you're looking at combat tricks that, that are interesting, you know, that's that's a little different from just strictly pow- looking at power. Yeah, and like I said, the, the fact that it can come out of, like, colors that don't have that in color, like, say, red, like, maybe red-green is the best example, maybe red-black, which wouldn't have really access to it. Yeah, I mean, one of the, you know, the color pair I think that benefits most from Phyrexian Mana is red-black. When you're willing to throw everything away to kill your opponent, this effectively Mm -hmm. reads, target creature with obscene power and haste is unblockable. Yeah. And avoids removal until end of turn. Like, uh... I I think that's a total win. Like, was the Hedden Fiend or something? Yeah, like, like um, you know, Henshin of U- Ukor is probably, you know, would totally love to get an Apostle's Blessing on it. Yeah, that's true. It's like, hold up mana, and it's just like, I could pump it, or, you know, just pump it a lot, and then, or just have pump mana open, and instead of pumping, you have that mana open. If yeah, they play it, well together. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to dwell any more on, more on it. I mean, I think ultimately it's it's interesting, you know, and that's why I brought it up is you know, it's something to kind of tuck away in the back of your mind when you're thinking about those things. Okay. That works. Um, the next card is Blinding Soul Eater, which is a, an artifact creature that um, that I put into white, that I classify as a white creature. It's three colorless for a 1-3, and it has um, the white Phyrexian mana tap to tap target creature. And um, I, I kind of like this guy. I really like tap effects in, um, in white. I really like I really like to get more artifact creatures in my cube. I think that that's interesting and helpful, and it helps uh, kind of spread interesting deck archetypes around a little bit. You know, you get a tapper when you're splashing white. It's a little yeah. easier, but you can still you can still pay mana like oh two mana in your Aaron Ephemeron. You know, two, two life. I'll take two life from your Aaron Ephemeron instead of four this turn. I think that's pretty reasonable. It yeah, reminds I that, yeah, I was about to say, in a way it reminds you of what's the there's like one a white and a black for like a. I forget what I think it might have been O two or one one where you tap you tap him and then their guy gets tapped unless you unless they pay two. I mean it's granted not really that similar at all. Maybe it's just the whole two life thing and tapping. That makes me think of that. I, I same words but in completely the wrong type of order there. I was about to say this, this just kinda of reminds you of it, but I mean it's not really too similar. But Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think it's Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it seems like it it'll be It'll be better than Priest of Norn. I'll get it for, for three mana in white. 
thinking of that card, but I think I think it's like I think tap effects are useful, and the free thing is nice, and you know being able to be flexible with it is, and the fact that there's a lot of two twos in commons, there's like a lot of two twos means it can block pretty effectively as well, like, and it doesn't have to tap, kind of thing where you have that flexibility. Yeah, I mean, in something like you know if you if you if you're running like a white black mid range deck. Uh, and Popper. Yeah, I mean, this kind of guy fits in there really nice, because he gets a blocker on your turn, and then after you declare blockers, you tap, and you can tap, um, you know, or, or during the second main, they play, a, they play something, you, know, you can tap it afterwards. And you can kind of be able to swing back with your guys, if you want. Um, you know, I, I just like tappers, and this one happens to be, you know, a colorless one. Yeah, and that's not really seen that much, aside of, like, Tumble Magnet and, like, Leon and Bola. Yeah, both of those are, you know, a little restrictive in their in their effects. I mean, this is an actual creature. Yeah. And so. they can carry equipment, which is nice as well. Speaking of Phyrexian mana, yeah. I uh I really like this next guy. Um it's Porcelain Legionnaire, and it's two and a two colorless and a white Phyrexian mana for um an artifact creature soldier, and it's three one first strike. And I say first strike with emphasis because man does first strike rock. Yeah, it's it seems quite underrated. And like I know some people aren't like I don't know, I think people in general run Blade of the Six Pride in their commons cubes, but like this is just like this is the card that I was saying is probably one of the best cards for cube in general. And it's just so efficient, like and I think that's another one of those great kind of cards for like black red that takes advantage of it as well with Phyrexian mana, because, like, it's not going to care that much about losing the life. I mean, granted, there, you know, there's restrictions. Like, you can't have, like, a thousand pay, pay life, whatever kind of things, but it's so efficient, and I think it's really apparent in commons cubes, because, like, the first strike means that someone's going to have to have a four butt or higher to kill it in combat, and that's not... that doesn't happen much. That's an exception. Like, I'm trying to... Like, the spiders... It mainly seems like a green thing. Like, spiders, blastoderm, and... Ephemeron? Yeah. Giant tortoise on the defense. Yeah, like... Or, like snapper. snapper. I mean, there, there's a handful of creatures that can... That can go up for the most part. If you play a 3-1... If you play 3 power with first strike, you're... You've got something problematic for the opponent. And I think that's like when uh, Plata Geopede, when that card came out, I think a lot of people just kind of thought of the first strike as kind of like, eh, first strike, whatever. But, like, man, three power in first strike, like on Geopede, for example, it was it was so hard to double block. And I think this is another kind of card where it's just, like, really hard to double block. Monster in combat, like, I'm not sure where I'd rank this in, like, overall white commons, but, like, ever... For common skews, but it's—I think it's going to be really high up there. Yeah, I mean, I love—I love white green aggro. It fits in there well. Um, you know, I've been—I've been trying out um, opal, cha- um, opal knight, opal champion. Was oh, it the yeah, not champion? Is it's, it so? It's—it's it's the enchantment that costs two and a white, and uh, when the opponent plays a creature, it becomes a three-three first strike knight, and. Um, I mean, I think that I think that Porcelain Legionnaire, you just play straight up instead of that. You know, why why wait for a three-three with first strike when 
you know, this guy will die to bolt just as easily, but yeah, comes he's... down on turn two if you want, as a creature. Yeah, and you don't have to, like, like, how often, like, is, on, like, the opal creatures, like, is the drawback ever really that relevant, like, relying yeah. on them to... I mean, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time, but just as a quick aside, what I've noticed with opal creatures, it really depends on cube construction. I focus my cube on um, creatures in combat and uh, attacking and blocking, or um, or, as, or as Seth Byrne shared that, you know, I uh, I don't emphasize, you know, all of the phases of the game that Wizards intended. You know, it's basically combat step and main phases. Mm-hmm. So um, the the opals are fine when there's lots of creatures, and especially when um, you can apply pressure on your opponent, so they have to play a creature. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those. It's it it often feels like a win more card, but um, you know, it, it really isn't that different from you know more of like a in my cube. It, it feels more like um, like eventuality. Like your opponent's definitely going to have to play creatures. That's going to be most of the cards in their deck. Um, most all of the colors have more creatures than spells, and I think that that really pushes the pushes things towards um, making those a little more viable. But still, it's it, they can be played around, and um, you know they're they're not the best, but do they get the job done? Yeah, you know it's it's been an interesting experiment. So I'm I'm happy to see Porcelain Legionnaire probably fill that slot perfectly. Nice, I like it. It gets a it gets a thumbs up as well. <laughs> uh, the, and a lot of thumbs up for this set. Uh, the last, the last white card is a sensor splicer, and it's a four and a white for a creature artificer one one. When it enters the battlefield, put a three three golem token into play, and all golems have vigilance. And I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's actually golems you control have vigilance. I shortcutted that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because it's so like it's, the old it's, school. It's yeah. It's uh, there aren't too many mirrored effects in New Phyrexia. Pretty much the whole set is either I'm gonna hose you or look at my awesome jazz here or both. Mm-hmm, like, and it seems I think that's happened since Lorwyn. Like with the tribal kind of stuff, it's been like like instead of all whatever, it's like your whatever's have. Vigilance or first strike, whatever. This one, like the vigilance, is interesting, but eh, I don't know. Just, I mean, I, well, I put it on here because I wanted to point out the danger of pretty things. That um, you know, you're you're paying five mana, but you get four power spread over two bodies, and you get a three three vigilance while the fragile part's out, and it's kind of like. Um, trying to think of a good comparison. Like, it's not an army in a can, like, um... Cloud Goat like, Ranger. Like Cloud Goat Ranger, you know, where you drop it and suddenly you have a really impressive board presence. It spreads the removal out a little bit, but I think that, um, that five mana, just... This this isn't the type of card that you want to get, pay five mana for, in, a, in at least in my popper cube. Yeah, I mean, you have stuff like Castle Raptors... And like Plover Knights and Heart of Beasts. And like their overall effect just seems much better. Like the one one it just I don't know. I'm not really I mean the one the one one's not gonna do too much, the artificer guy, and the three three Yeah, the one one's mostly irrelevant. I mean basically you read it as five mana for a three three, and that's pretty bad. 
Yeah, and this is kind of me. It's, it's not bad. It's just not good. So. Um, yeah, not. Uh, the the splicer the deck isn't going to exist at common. Sorry. No. Are there any other golems in uh, at common, like clay statue? Ah, yeah. uh, some of the uh, oh the the yeah, affinity yeah, for land golems. Clay statue, clay statue is a common. I don't believe Yosin soldier is a um no, is a golem. Just, I think that's a construct. It's a soldier, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like a couple of the golems, like the Oxida golem, Spire. Yeah, I think those are golems, like Oxida golem, Spire golem. Yeah, the that whole cycle is golems. I mean, you know, if 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 you push, if you push a theme like that, like you're like I'm gonna put in all of the all of the good golems. Yeah, you know, like the the, the splicer looks a lot better, but but even still, it's just like you're it's you still know, it's still not great. You know, yeah. like it's it's a you know. In the best case scenario, yeah, it just gave your entire team vigilance, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it just comes down to. It's just like, it's... it's, yeah, it's if just, if yeah. it gave for strike, I think we'd probably be in a different ballgame, but... Well, this one... Vigilance vigilance makes sense and is, you know, pretty fair. It's okay. Yeah, it's, uh... Shrug. <laughs> Are there any other white cards? Uh, no... None that I could really think of when I was looking. Uh, pretty much everything else is like so linear, like the the infect guy and all that, like the two one infect guy and like the flying infect for like five mana, two three infect. And just, no, I'm not gonna get there. But yeah, not really much else. Do you wanna go to blue? Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty, uh, first one. And this is a really interesting one that popped out at me when I looked at the set. Uh, called Impaler Shrike. And that's a 2 and double blue for a 3-1 flying bird creature. When it deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice himself. If you do, draw 3. At first, uh, it was all like, cacao. But then it was like, cacao. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and I, um... Yeah, I... I really, I really like this guy, but I don't think I like him enough. <laughs> it, it's a really strange place to be. Like I've been, um, I've been really looking hard at trying to give blue access to more finishers, and so I spent a lot of time looking at the three and four mana range with creatures with flying, because that's how blue is going to kill you unlimited with three power flyers that are three or four mana. And um, you know, this guy costs pretty much like, I mean, there's like, you know, there's like Wayward Soul and. Um, yeah, like the bunch of fairies. And, uh... I'm sorry, you were going to say? I mean, that was the name of the, uh, the lower one, one, Fencer Click, which is, like, the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the same thing. You know, it's it, it's a... It can drop in, and then it dodges most efforts to kill it. So, it's pretty it's a pretty good way of finishing. Um, it was actually... You know, like, Rainbow Freet is in the same type of range. You know, that was actually a finisher in Randy Bueller's Mono Blue Control deck. Yeah, with, like... Stalking, I think like was stalking stones part stalking of the stones and rainbow of free and that Gee. was it. <laughs> but when it forbid capsize locked and whispered and moosed you out of the game, yeah, you just kind of like died. Yeah, it's like Chinese water torture. Like uh, yeah, it's, it's only my favorite deck for a reason. Yeah, so. <laughs> but um, you know this guy, you know, I, it's you know if you're if you're looking at things like trying to say well, what what would be really good for blue, this is the kind of guy where. 
you know, let's say, you know, let's say you're getting ahead of board position, you can start swinging with him, but suddenly things change and you really need, you know, you really need more bodies. You know, you really need to dig in your deck. You know, being able to deal damage and cash it in for three cards, you know, I mean, would you play a sorcery that was, you know, um, like, like, a, like, a, like a psionic blast with, <laughs> psionic blast your opponent, or, um, not psionic blast, um, Bolt your opponent, and it's a store call. Yeah, that would be pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that's it's not what this reads, obviously, but it you know it has the same type of feel. So, um, you know, it's just another one of those three power for four in blue, and I think it's probably one of the best if you're looking for that type of that type of card. Yeah, it's 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 also really nice. That it can dig for removal or burn, like that. That also would be really nice as well, but. Yeah, no, I seems seems perfectly fine in blue red. Yeah, that's what the encounter burn deal through. Oh, like yeah. shock you or um, you know bolt you. Oh, look at that! I can bolt you two more times. <laughs> Dig for my. That was a fun two minute game. One yeah, <laughs> it's fair, but I think it's good. Like, like I'm probably think I'm probably gonna replace the uh, like the fencer click uh, wayward soul like one of those. For the Shrike, and I think that's a fine trade. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, I think it's definitely worth worth trying out. Um, you know, it may be that having that you know dodge removal is better, but being able to being able to cash in a creature that's hitting, that that's hitting your opponent isn't always the. Um, it, it seems a little counterintuitive, but you know, I can definitely count. I definitely know times where I'd rather you know hit you for three and draw three cards then keep a 3-1 flyer around. Especially if you know your opponent's packing, like, sorcery speed removal. If they're just going to untap and kill it, you might as well just cash it in for three cards instead and, and present them, you know, two things instead of one. Yeah. Also seems really nice with, the like, the recursion kind of cards, like the Gravedigger. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, blue-black is, you know, I mean, this is the perfect kind of creature for blue-black. Like, oh, look, I hit you for three, and then I bought it back... I, Get it back with, uh, um, disturb burial with buyback. Yeah. Next turn, play it, equip, equip strider harness, swing again. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's a different, it's not a capsized lockout, but it feels just as good. Yeah, that would be, jeez. <laughs> draw three, draw three again. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely, like I said, that stuck out to me when I was looking at the set. You know, I was looking for, like, you know, stuff for regular cubes, and then I was like, huh, this, this should be good, I think. That seems solid. But yeah, I think that one another one of the cards uh, that I want to talk about is a Psychic Barrier, which almost sounds like a card from Legends that I can't remember, but I don't know. But anyway, this one is essentially remove soul, double blue, instant, counter-target creature spell, and its controller loses a life. Unfortunately, the double blue thing that's I don't know. Like, I, I it, think it's would, rough. Yeah, yeah. that it's was not. A, it's not a hard counter for double blue. It's a, it's you know a, a soft counter. It's partial. It doesn't really hit everything you probably want it to. Yeah, and there's a lot like, like if if you have a cube that doesn't mind running the duplicates, like there's a lot of remove souls already. Like there's like preemptive strike and. False summoning and Rue Soul and there was like there was like one for each version of Portal. Wow, 
Wow, yeah, that sounds right. But there are at least two different versions in the three portal sets. There may have been a unique one for each portal, which would be hilarious shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's at least four versions of, yeah. remo- you know, Remove Soul, Essence Scatter, and then at least two in the portal sets. Yeah, like so cool. if you, you know, if if you're running a big cube and you, you know, you want to push that as something that Blue wants to do, this gives you, you know, I, I don't think there's any harm. If you're running three or four in a large cube for redundancy, you know, I don't think there's any harm in switching one to this or adding this in and, and keeping that up there, but... Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm running any Rusol, so I'm not, I don't think I'm be adding this. Like the one life is just kind of meh. It's like, well, like the team's okay, but you know, I mean, the color the color that could use the most help in terms of getting early damage in is blue. You know, so I mean, I feel like if if you're running a bl- you know if you're running it so blue heavy decks can exist, this definitely feels fine. For uh, you know a blue removal, you know air quote air quotes there. Your removal. Yeah, I mean you know preemptive removal, whatever you want to call it. You know two blue counter counter their awesome dude and ping them. You know it, it's a little I think I think is is a more interesting or you know something more interesting than just another removal. Yeah, yeah. removal number five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next card that I think is. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think people have been talking about putting their regular cubes, but I'm not super convinced. Is Spined Thopter, and that's two and a two, and then a blue Phyrexian mana for two one artifact creature Thopter. That is a two one flyer. Wait, so um, clarify a little bit. You're talking about powered cubes running yeah. this? Yeah, I've heard some people talking about like powered cubes. You know, like and stuff like running it in there and I'm just like uh so did they talk about how awesome fledgling gin is I think I don't know I actually don't know if those same cues run fledgling gins I think I think fledgling gin is kind of like like I don't know if it's run that much in powered cues I think it's kind of like fringe-ish maybe I don't know yeah I mean I'm not a fan of it in um in my popper cube I really try to avoid having creatures with upkeep um, upkeep detriments. You know, I mean, it, you know, Carnivorous Death Parrot aside. Um, Save a kill spell for this. Yep. Always. The, you know, Fledgling Din pings you every upkeep you have it. And um, so basically, you know, it's a 2-2 flying in black, you know, one in a black. You know, it's, it, it's the same, you know, it's the same as the as the cheap cost for Spine Thopter. And you get, you know, you get a 2-2 that pings you on the upkeep of flying, you know. And I think that I like Spine Thopter because it gives you, you know, it gives you a Grey Ogre in the air for blue, which, def- you know, definitely would be okay with that. But if you were playing, like, you know, a more aggressive deck or, like, a, you know, a white-green deck, this gives you a flying guy that you can pay for two mana on turn two. Like, shocking, you know, shock myself to get a 2-1 flyer that's definitely going to swing at you. I think that's, you know, I, I think that's an interesting trade-off. Yeah. And I and you know when you when I compare it to like Fledgling Jin, I'm like, do I assume that I'm going to have my creature for for two turns? If the answer is yes, then this is beating Fledgling Jin, just in terms of life payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that was the measuring stick I looked at it as. You know, it, I, it, I I kind it's, of it's just as easy. It's easier to cast, and probably you end up paying less life. Yeah. The way I thought of it was kind of like as a colorless like Stormfront Pegasus, 
And like I I don't know I don't I'm not really a big fan of like this, the Pegasus kind of cards and uh, powered cubes, but I think this is more than fine. You know, in you know Stormform of Pegasus is great in commons, and I think this essentially you know obvious you have to pay life, but there's the flexibility of paying it for three. But I think this card's gonna be good in commons cubes for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I love the Pegasus. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this this one will be. Good. I don't get, for some reason, I'm thinking it's going to look really good in foil. But now that I think about it, I think all of the Phyrexian like artifacts are going to look really good in foil, like Porcelain and Legionnaire. That's going to look. I, I, I can't wait for the pre-release. Uh, apologies to anyone who tr- who's trying to pimp their Popper Cube and is disappointed at the cost of good foil commons. But um, everybody in the area um, pretty much knows that I have this Popper Cube and that I pimp it out really hard. Usman can yeah. verify that from seeing it. So. I pretty much get handed any of the commons I need. And usually by the end of release weekend, I have, like, all but, like, maybe a common that's being hoarded for uh, for potential standard play. Jeez. Like, it's, it's pretty sweet. That is that is nice. So thank you, every, thank you anyone who's listening to this and hands me foil commons at the New Phyrexia Large Regional Pre-Release in Columbia, Maryland. Isn't that going to be the last one or something? The last, like, big yeah, the pre-release? Yeah, the last... As, as a large regional type event, yes. So, come on out and hand me your cards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, speaking of flying and awesome, um, this next creature has me so excited. I, I've been... I, I'm really, really, really excited for this one. It's called Spire Monitor. It's four and a blue, so it's five mana, for a 3-3 three, three Drake with flying and flash. Blue has needed this so hard for so long. I, I'm, I'm so thrilled to finally get this for my cube. Um, well, it's kind of like an upgraded version of a Sentinels of Glen Elendril. It was like three and a blue for a 2-3 two, three flyer two, three. flash. Yeah. Yeah, this is just like... I would yeah. gladly pay another mana for another pa- another power with, you know, evasive power. Like, sure. Yeah, what... The the flash just is is insane. If you've ever played with or against a fairy deck, which means if you've played any time in the last, you know, if you played if you played three to two years ago, you definitely played against a fairy deck. Flash is just obscene. It's um, you know, I Wizards keeps finding um, you know, and this isn't a this isn't a slam, but I think they keep finding creative ways to give blue the most powerful effect for everything. I think. I think the fact of, that you can cast a creature instant speed is probably the most powerful thing you can do with a creature. Um, because for, for a blue deck, you know, what what you want to do is you want to keep that counterspell mana open. Like, you want to be able to say no to that creature that's coming down or whatever your opponent's going to do. And there are times where it's way better to counter that spell and not be able to cast your creature than it is to cast the creature and then get pwned by a spell. And this lets you... This lets you keep that first option open, because you can just wait, and if your opponent doesn't do anything relevant, you just cast it at the end of their turn, untap, and effectively you just, um, you know, you just unsuspended this guy, because he's in play, you can attack with him, and you still have all your mana. Which is a pretty awesome place for a blue deck to be at Popper. Yeah, especially with the evasion, that's just... Like yeah, a ground stall or whatever, and they're trying to break it with removal or something, or or even some kind of. And you can even cast it as a removal if they're attacking with some gray ogre dork, and you know they don't, they clearly don't have a trick. You know, pop them in, kill their dude, and it's totally worth. I mean, would you pay? Would you pay 
three mana for a 3-3 three, three flying, and then two more colorless mana for killing your creature. I would totally, totally play that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, if you look at it as some sort of combat trick with Kegger, it, you know, I mean, you can you can slice it, you know, you can slice it so you look at it as a combat trick, and it's still really good. Um, even if it just trades with the uh, that bird that sacks to draw three, like even if you just trade with it, that's fine. Like I'm happy with that. Well, ideally with blue, you'd, you'd be playing both if they're in the cube. But yeah, you could you could pop it in and. You know, five mana, no, you don't draw. You don't draw three cards. Sorry. Well, you can splash this guy in, like, say, black, green or something. Yeah, and that's the other That's the other thing that's really nice about this, is that unlike Plover Knights or, um, you know, some of the other cards that are out there, I mean, this is like, you know, Aaron Ephemeron type. Like, it's very splashable. It's very nice to cast in, like, blue-black, which is really rough on your mana. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think this guy's going to be really good. Another, another question of what what do I take out for it? I don't know, but... You take out that. about 20 cards per color. Let's start with that. Let's go. Whoosh. <laughs> Somebody's actually borrowing my commons cube right now, so, like... What are you I, even doing talking to me, then? You don't even have a popper cube anymore. I I, I'm, a, I'm a poser. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> uh, just, just log off. I'll finish this myself. <laughs> Click. So speaking of creatures, I have an unhealthy, um, unhealthy amount of excitement for this next one. Is also happens to be one I'm, I'm super pumped about. It's Trespassing Soul Eater. It's a uh, three mana artifact creature. It's a construct for a two two. Um, so it's basically you know like a more for gray ogre cost. Um, and for blue Phyrexian mana, it, it can become unblockable for the turn. And um, you know they just really gave blue some some awesome stuff this time around. I don't know what they... I don't know who had the who had the hard-on for blue, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not, like the, it's not like it's a pretty good color in standard right now or anything. I so, was about to say, yeah, I was like... Pretty, I was pretty excited to see blue getting uh, blue getting the bump, but um, that, you know, that, that Jace obscenity aside, the the thing about Trespassing Exfoliator is that it's, it's just another one of those cards that it plays optimally in blue. It gives you a gray ogre that, you know, if you're playing it early and trading it away... You know, I you know one of the one of the things that I found really interesting about you know like the Jace versus Chandra deck is sometimes it's completely acceptable to play your morph and just block a two two and kill it mm-hmm. like totally worth it. And um, this guy also happens that if you play him later, you now have a two two unblockable um, for you know a blue upkeep cost if you want to if you want to look at it that way. But um, the uh, the thing about um, the thing about this guy is that because he casts colorlessly, you can put it into, like, a red-black suicide deck. I mean, I think I think red-black benefits the most from Phyrexian mana, period. You know, I, I said that earlier. I'll probably mention it again. But, um, yeah, I mean, you look at it as, like, you know, like, when red when you're playing a deck that has burn and your life total is always going to be lower, they're fine taking two damage to deal you two damage because it's not parity anymore. It's just killing you faster, which is what they want to do. It's kind of like uh, with Sulfuric Vortex, in a way. I mean, yeah, obviously you can kill that guy, the guy, but it's kind of like that same principle where, like, you're taking... Or maybe like Putrid Leech, where you're taking two, but you're gladly doing it to get them, to, you know, clock them for a bunch. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's one of those, you know, it, it's one of those things where you have to look at the circumstances, and, you know, if they're tapped out, and, you know, you're reasonably certain they don't have some sort of free effect that will kill your creature at instant speed... You know, you can you can pay the two life, hit them for two, and you know, at worst you're still at the same life total, but 
obviously that's probably going to be working in your favor. And once you put a piece of equipment on him, yeah, I mean, like most creatures, equipment's good with, but an unblockable creature with equipment just gets really rude. And, oh, um, yeah. You know, the fact that you can option this into unblockability in any deck, you know, if you happen to snap up like, oh, cool, sweet, I've got Bone Splitter, Lean in Scimitar, and Volshock Morningstar, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would take Trespassing Soul Eater in a heartbeat because I get any piece of equipment with that guy out, and I'm just going to win straight up in a race. Yeah, good uh, good game. That is definitely... Yeah, that's definitely a good game. I think, and then, like, in blue especially, like, they can set up defensive walls really well and just, you know, get in there with this guy. But I think it's going to be a really versatile card for sure. Definitely another one of those cards I'm happy to agonize over what to take out after I take out 20 cards for a color. Would you stop lying? You don't take cards out, you just keep adding. That's so, all you do. It's like a mere battle sphere. <laughs> they all keep coming. I think I intended to make it, like, a uh, like a mirror image to my regular cube, which was 450 cards, but in in that way, it's kind of like pr- at least for commons, it's pretty huge. I mean, and that's one of the things. Is like for a powered cube, that's kind of on the small-ish <laughs> average side. Yeah, like 360. I remember making like a a powered cube for a store. It was 360 cards, and that was just painful. It's like, ugh. Man, I, I I love I, I love looking at the the cards and making that decision process. I think that that's so much more interesting than just expanding out and never, you know that that I think that the the variety in drafting is less interesting than trying to find optimization routes within a smaller number of cards and a smaller deck building pool. Well, I haven't really expanded. I think I've only expanded my cube like once. And that was, like, I think a, a year or so ago. And it it's because when you start 100 cards above what you need for an 8-man, yeah, you don't really need to do that much expansion. <laughs> and there's Adam's soapbox of the night. 1,000 card cube. That would just be a nightmare. It's like Ape Sergeant's Deck of Happiness, which I totally want to play. Because it's, it's just, like, for, for you know, let's, you know what, let's not, let's not even go down that road. Let's, you know, let's blindly plow forward. Charge, okay, I'll charge blindly with Blind Zealot, one and a double black creature, human cleric, 2-2, two, two, intimidate, when Blind Zealot deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it, if so, destroy target creature that player controls, does it say creature, like any creature? Yes. What, so you can kill black creatures and robots and things? Yep. Wow, that's I'm, even more awesome. You know, what, let me let me go to the um, card image gallery. Yeah, uh, I just I just on, loaded it up. Uh, jump there. I'm I'm 99% sure. Yep, it is. Yeah, it's um, which which actually isn't unprecedented because there was um, there was the, the bird with like four kicker, and when when it comes into play, it like kills something in Zendikar. Oh, yeah, the Heart Stabber Mosquito or whatever. Yeah, and I really liked Heart Stabber Mosquito. I took it out just because nobody ever kicked it. It was just a bad flying bird yeah. thing. But, um, you know, I, I just recently took out Dread Warlock, which is effectively the same. Uh, it costs the same, one and double one and double black, for 2-2 with Intimidate. Um, but this guy lets you... I mean, look at it this way. It's, it's a... Um, it's a hideous end, 
that may actually end up dealing more than just two damage to your opponent. Yeah, like, if they don't have targets, if they have nothing worthwhile to kill, it's just like, two, 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 kill yeah, you. It, it, it's gonna get, it's almost always gonna get through, because Intimidate is, is pretty badass, um... Yeah, the intimidate, intimidate gets, a, I think, a little weaker because of all the artifact creatures in the set. But I mean, that's just a small, well, like slightly. In this limited environment, yeah, artifact creatures can block this all day. But in most cubes, you know, especially popper cubes, most of the power is in colored cards and colored creatures, and there's significantly fewer blockers for intimidate creatures. Well, that's um, what I mean, just like like some of like the ports on Legionnaire and stuff like that. Like there'll be a few more artifact creatures. Legionnaire is white. White and Artifact. Oh, yeah. that is how that works. Actually, well, yeah, arti- this can't be blocked by Artifact creatures and or creatures that share a color with it. So, yeah, it, it, it could block. I'm sorry, I, I I forgot that I can't play Magic, which makes it really tough to talk about cards sometimes. <laughs> That's okay, I don't have a Commons Cube, so, so we're on equal footing. Oh, uh, we're both shamed. Um... <laughs> You know, I, you know, I, you know, people talked about Hideous End, and it's like, oh, it's great, you can, you know, for, for an additional, you know, they look at, like, well, it's like Terror, but for, like, one more black, like, I hit my opponent for two, that's totally awesome. I like putting those, I like those effects on creatures, I think that's more interesting. I think Intimidate's a pretty good evasive ability. I, I thought, it, I, I thought it was a better evasive ability than it kind of is, but... Well, it's still great, I, I mean, that's still ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I think that, um... I think if you're playing Hideous End, I would seriously consider testing this in that slot instead. I think that the it'll just create a little more richness. Yeah, and I think I, I don't. I definitely think this is going to be. I don't know if I say it's a staple for Commons Cubes yet, but yeah, I'll say it's a staple. Why not? I don't know. It's a body that's a removal spell. I mean, it's not like Necrotal or Shriekmaw or anything, but it's a dude. Yeah. It's an evasive dude. I mean, what what makes this what makes this like, you know, so appealing is that I be- I really believe that when you've got most of the recursion effects in black, um, this guy gets this guy gets really stupid. No, like, yeah, the opponent's gonna have trouble blocking him, and it doesn't matter what they put down. You can just sacrifice this dude, kill it during the combat step, then during your second main, rebuy him and replay him. Yeah, that's jeez. Yeah. And he's three mana, so I believe even um, the Imp Grave Digger can grab him. Yep. So, and you can also unearth him. Oh, nice, because that three mana, nice. Yeah. I think he'll be okay in my cube. Yeah, I think (laughs) he'll uh, he'll do something. And um, speaking of double black... Um, I, I hate double black costs just because that's where all of black's good stuff is. Because you get cards like this. Guess Verdict. It's double black for an instant, and its target player sacrifices a creature and loses one life. Um, so it's basically um, Diabolic Edict. It's that effect, but um, harder to cast and tax on a life loss rider for your opponent. And um, the thing is is that there's, there's Cruel Edict and there's, there's, a, there's several Edict effects. Um, some attached to creatures, some not, but instant speed edict effects are usually pretty sweet. Um, you know, I like it. I like instant speed edicts because when your opponent's playing a second creature and you'd really rather kill the first one that they already played, you can use it in response and get what you want out of it. 
Um, you can also use it, you know, after combat damage resolves before it moves to their main phase, and you can also cast it after um, they've lost creatures in combat, and it just makes it um, a little easier to, for you to nail what you what you probably want to do with it. Yeah, and like I, I don't know. I I really love edict effects, but it's just the double black. That's just why it's, it's like it's really savage. It's like first go for the throat, now this. It's like that's not fair. <laughs> they gave us blind zealot. I'm, I'm, I will fit blind zealot in my black obscenities somewhere. Like it's got to get in there. That's true. Uh, but um, guess you know guess verdict is going to be it, it's tricky to place because you know if you the, the danger of black is that it's really easy just to go oh sweet I'll just put in the black matters theme and black wants more black that's great but it's it's just like putting in Vect or um, Slivers or um, Rebels or something. Yeah, Rebels. Any any really linear, hyperlinear theme risks uh, dil- being diluted really rapidly. Because if two players decide to do that, you're effectively having the having the the card pool available, and they you know they just eat themselves out of it. They just can't. The the, the sub themes usually can't support more than one drafter for it. And um, the other thing is that Black Matters doesn't play nice with you know normal Magic. Normal limited, you want multiple colors, at least at least a colored pair, allied or an enemy, and many decks will splash a third color, especially those that have access to you know mana fixing things like that. You know this is all this is all really normal stuff. You know I don't think I'm shattering any minds when I say that, but um, black matters. I I don't like as a game. I really like my color pairs to play well. I like mana fixing to you know to to feel natural. You know to feel like to feel like you have to draft. You know the the scrubland and the you know the the white black fetch land and you, like if you see it and you have to pick it even though there's something that's really good for your deck in that pack I think that that's I don't like that feel bad you know yes sometimes it's correct to pick mana fixing higher but I don't think you should feel forced to do it just to make a deck work period yeah like even like I remember when I was building my commons cubes there's like for example like tendrils of corruption and corrupt like even with those mono black, even like not necessarily from like a uh, like a, like a design kind of like point of view is I don't even know if those cards are necessarily worth it. Like I know Lapilli did you know the mono black thing, but I don't know it just doesn't. It, it, it can work, you know. It's you know it's a fine theme in it, and there's a lot of options for it at all rarities. You know you can definitely do a black matters theme in common. Yeah, you know, there's definitely really good options for it, but. Um, is it worth you know, it? I, like, is it worth it? I, I, I just think it's less interesting than finding the things that black is good at that mix well with others. Yeah. It just, it just, yeah, doesn't it? Ultimately, doesn't seem like it's worth the room. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So that, that, that was my set so far. Oh jeez, we got yeah, two, two shots on that one. <laughs> so let's let's keep moving. Let's uh let's roll on. All right. Uh, the next one. One of the it was like one of the uh, commons that was spoiled kind of early when Wizards did their. Uh, it was in the mechanics article, right? Yeah, that one. Yeah, the mechanics article. Grim Affliction, uh, two into black, instant, put minus one minus one on target creature, then proliferate. So it's kind of like a permanent disfigure, for two more. But that two mana is just so much that I I do not approve. I give it thumbs. I give it thumbs down. Comes down that card. Yeah, the 
you know, the, the thing that's the thing that's neat about this is that it's, you know, okay, in a set full of infect creatures, wow, this thing's rude. This thing is going to really house some boards because it's cheap, splashable, and can really can really mess up combat math because um, you can proliferate before combat damage is dealt. That's true, yeah. And you're you know you're you're giving something minus two minus two, which is probably going to kill it as well. Um, the the thing is is that proliferate is I'm you know it's like it's it's not like infect. There really isn't anything to proliferate in common cubes. Like there's yeah. serrated arrows and tumble magnet. And maybe like maybe the sun, maybe like the sunburst mer or the uh, the um, the sunburst manta. Yeah, like the the manta and like levelers, and I think that's it. Like I think I looked yeah, like, for it before, and I'm like, uh, like if much. you have, and that that was the only thing I was gonna say is that if you have a lot of levelers, you know, if 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 you have you know if you're always gonna have levelers to level on your team, you know, this looks a lot cooler. But um, you know, I, I think that the proliferate, you know, it's it's not worth the advantage of making a disfigure permanent. Yeah, just. Yeah, not, not really, yeah, not really worth it. I'm trying to f- see if I can find other cards. If, was, if you, yeah, it, let's just move on. There's yeah. nothing more to say. I was about to say, <laughs> bad card is bad. Next. It's not bad, it's just not good card is not good. Yeah, not suboptimal card is suboptimal. Ceiling Cat is watching you. <laughs> Ceiling Cat is watching you proliferate. And uh, the next card is uh, Mortis Dogs. Uh, three in the black for 2-2 two, two Hound, plus 2, plus 1, plus 0 oh, until end of turn when it attacks. And when it dies, target player loses life equal to its power. Uh, seems okay. Like, four power attacking is nice. Yeah, it's four power on the offense. I mean, it's Hollow Dogs with bonus. Yeah. And Hollow Dogs is actually pretty strong at common. Uh, you know, it's it's a surprising effect because it gives Black a lot of power. Um, you know, and the trade-off is it's probably going to die. Well, this makes blocking doubly awkward because, you know, I, you know, would you gladly trade away a Borderland Ranger for this? Sure, you, you'd gladly trade a Borderland Ranger for a, uh, for a Hollow Dogs. But this one, you know, it, you know, it flame javelins you in the face when you block it. Mm-hmm, it's like, take... Take four, you know, and so I mean it's you know the another way of reading it, you know, because I because my cube focuses so much on creatures and attacking, I often read I often read certain creatures as more of like combat tricks or um, removal spells. Like blast term is basically, you know, destroy three target creatures. They can't be regenerated. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Usually, it just eats alive whatever whatever the opponent has down. It just destroys them one by one. Um, but um. You know, Mortis Dogs basically reads, you know, it's it's three and a black, destroy target creature, opponent loses four life. Yeah. And that's I'm pretty happy with that that seems pretty good. Yeah, I mean that you know, that's probably the pretty common scenario. Um and you know, if the opponent throws removal at it, well, you know, you're probably dropping shadow creatures or, you know, you're just gonna buy it back anyway. You know, so if they kill it, they're still taking two life. And that's what's important to remember, is that it doesn't matter it doesn't have to deal damage. It's not like Rotwolf. Oh, wow. Yeah, where it has to deal damage to something to get that trigger. It just happens when it dies. 
So imagine, you know, like green black, like, oh you're you're terror you're you're gonna oh you're gonna burn that? Cool. You're giant growth. Oh you know, like if it's dying anyway, you know, you can turn a giant growth into a lightning bolt um brute force and like red black. Like imagine that. Like wow. oh, you're just gonna kill my dude outright? Sure, take five. You know, oh. or if it's already if it's already pumped, you know, like they're like uh you know, like oh they're you're blocking a blastoderm, that's sweet. I'm gonna kill your blastoderm. Hit you for nine, or eight, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like it's it feels really good in like a red black suicide deck, like most of the new Phyrexia cards. Yeah, new Phyrexia, like that deck was great anyway. It probably gets a huge boost. You know, it's it's um, you know, it, it's it's okay. You know, I, I think that's a lot more interesting than it appears at first glance. And the more I think about it, the more I'm really kind of excited to see how many different ways can I make people fail to realize how awesome this card is. Yeah, they they like go, oh, I can just trade a 2-2. Two, two. It's like, okay, take 4 also. Yeah, take 4, and then I'm going to buy it back with Gravedigger. Yeah. They're like, man, this isn't good. That's probably the biggest, that's probably like the nicest thing they would probably say. It's like, man, this sucks for me. Um, speaking of things that would probably suck if they were real, um, Parasitic Implant. Oh, jeez. It's three and a black for an, uh, for an aura, and um, at the beginning of your upkeep, Enchanted Creatures Controller sacrifices it, and you get a 1-1 Mer token. And um, I don't think that this necessarily makes it in, um, in cubes, but if you're looking for universal-type removal, like if you want to get away from terror and uh, hideous end-type effects, and you really want to get into everything that I play can kill anything else in the cube, um, and that makes black a lot friendlier by the way, because now you no longer have an advantage. You know, all removal works against all creatures. You know, you don't have an insulation with your black creatures. Um, you know, this guy gives you a creature for killing an opponent's creature. Yeah. It's yeah. About four mana. That's four, four mana. Four mana is rough, um, but it kills anything. Yeah. So, uh, just just something to think about. I mean, I think I'm definitely going to put it in my um, in my stack. You know, oh, just, wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like, Sweet. Okay, I'm gonna enchant your primeval titan, and <laughs> look at you squirm as you try to figure out if there's a disenchant effect. Yeah, like um, like pretty sure there's not disenchant land you can go fetch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can get Sajiri stuff, right? It's not my nice stack. So oh. no. okay, then never, then never mind. Alrighty, the last uh, black card is a uh, Pith Driller. And I don't know why, this makes me think of uh, somebody drilling like orange or something. Uh, four and a Phyrexian black for a 2-4 artifact horror creature. When it enters the battlefield, put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature. And this is the card when I saw it, I thought of a uh, cult brand Cinder from Shadowmore. Did you really think of it, or did you just say that because I put it there? In the no, no, that's that's seriously what I thought of. I'm like, man, this card is, it's like a tree, like a 2-4, like a, I don't know, when I think of a 2-4, I think of like a tree. I don't know why. It was like a tree that cult brand cinders. And I, I, like, there was some talk on Salvation, I think about it, like, in their comments thread, and I was like, I think people were down, and I'm like, you know, this is kind of like a cult brand cinder, where you have, you know, Minus power and plus toughness, you know, it makes it a little bit worse. But I think the the flexibility it, it, it serves a different role. Cult Brand Cinder still feels good in like a red black aggro deck, um, 
but I think that this guy being being effectively a mono black card, he feels good in like a blue black control deck. Like five mana, bring it in, shrink your best dude, and I've got a really good defender. Yeah, that feels pretty good when you're gonna play you're gonna untap play your sixth land and capsize something. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, uh even like for four mana, like you know, I wouldn't mind playing it like a blue white control deck or something. Like things or blue or like green. Yeah, I mean, if you need a, if you need a defender faster, you can just drop it for four. Yeah, you know, it's, and it's easy to, easier to cast that way. But I mean, this you know, I, I think it serves you know it serves the same type of role as Cult Band Cinder, but it's not going to get drafted by the aggro guy. No, like I can see it maybe being more uh, more of a mid range kind of thing. Well, or not mid-range, but being played, like, green. Like, where the other cards, for example, like, red-black aggro is really happy with, I think this is a card where green would be happy to play Pith Driller off-color, just because they can have access to removal, kind of like a, a green mid-rangey deck. Right. I'm definitely going to be ha- I'm definitely happy with the card, for sure. But, yeah, definitely... That card gets a thumbs up, for sure. <laughs> it isn't one of the cards, like, that was printed, but what was that card? The, uh, it was, like, an uncommon that's, like, Despise, that, like, makes target player, uh, dis- you essentially duress them, and then they discard a creature or a planeswalker. And, like, sometimes... Which is, like, not duress at all, by the well, way. Well, I mean, kind of, like, where you choose, like, two modes or whatever. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, duress is... Uh, you know, I like Duress a lot better. But, I don't know, this, it was, like, sometimes there are cards that make me think of older cards and make me remember them. It's like, with Surveilling Sprite and Oculus, it was like, oh yeah, Surveilling Sprite. Uh, is that good enough? I don't know. And that made me think of Ostracize, since there are a lot more creatures in Commons Cubes. I don't know, maybe you kind of rethink it for about five minutes. And then, I think I was just kind of like, shrug. But I don't know. What yeah, you, what no. You, yeah, what do you th- so you don't not not a fan of ostracize and commons cubes? It's okay. Yeah. Definitely duress. I I, I definitely I think, like little, I think ostracize is a little overrated. I think duress is pretty useful. It flushes out combat tricks and you know uh, counter spells and things like that. You know, I think that it still serves a a pretty good use when you're playing like black red and you're facing you know the the white blue control deck. I think it works well. Yeah, like it has that, it has its place. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. That was just kind of a random thing I thought of right there. But yeah. That does it for black. Uh, for red, there is Artillerize, which is kind of like the Shrapnel Blast. For three and a red instant, as an additional cost to playing Artillerize, sacrifice a artifact or a creature, deal five damage to target creature or player. I guess it's kind of like Goblin Grenade, in a way. But it's just well, it's form. it's not because Goblin Grenade costs one, and Shrapnel Blast costs two. Well, that's what I mean. Just the whole sacrifice, whatever. I mean, the four mana is just a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a lot, but um, you know, I I would totally, I mean, like throw throw away a dude win the game. Yeah, yeah that's pretty four good. Mana, four mana is fine. You know, I I think that uh, again, it just seems to be one of those cards that's destined for um, you know, kind of like an all in aggro type feel. Um, and even in green, like, you know, if you need a little bit of removal, like, imagine playing this with, like, um, Eldrazi spawn token makers. Like, oh, um, nice. Yeah, like, this feels like an excellent type of removal spell for red-green. 
you know, you, should, you totally throw a token away. You're gonna have you're you're gonna have some of them running around. That's true. Does uh does white? I'm trying to think of white if they have many token generators. There's there's some. Um, I'm not currently running um, Ixting Crier, yeah, uh, who is like a repeatable um, Raise the alarm. Yeah. I mean, like, there's, the alarm, the alarm. Right? there's, like, dragon fodder. I mean, in red, there's all these little goblin token makers. So, um, I don't think there's any, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, that obscene of a cost to find a creature to throw away. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in a popper cube, you're probably never going to throw an artifact away, but in, mm, you never you know, know. I mean, you throw, like, a mana rock, like a prismatic lens or something, or a mind stone or something. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you're, if you're, like, um, yeah, I mean, there's probably a good thing that, that you would toss if you're like blue red, you know. So I mean, I, I think that that I think that that yeah you know, the the four mana makes it rough, but it's still an instant speed lava axe for the you know for all intents and purposes. That's true. Yeah, and it can hit creatures in a pinch as well. It's like well, yeah, I mean, and it, pr- it will probably kill any creature. Yeah, like six. You know, the only thing I can really think of with six or more toughness is yeah, like wave a fully leveled wave watch and like an Ulamog's crusher, and I think that's it. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, and so that's a really nice thing about artillerize as well. But yeah, the next uh, next card. I'm sorry, I I lied. I for I actually forgot this guy was here. Wow. Wh- which guy? The next guy we're going to talk about. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, Raz- just going to mope in shame. Okay. Raz- Razor Swine, uh, two in a red bo- uh, for an artifact creature, boar, two, one, first strike, in fact. Like, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of, like, uh, what's that guy? The zombie paladin. Phyrexian Crusader, like, with the infect and first strike, which is interesting. Like it's a good, it's a you know decent it's a it's an interesting defender for the format. I don't know what do you think. I think I liked it more when I put it on the list. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, for, I think first strike and infect is probably the most appealing combination of keyword abilities you can have on an infect creature. Um, yeah, that's true. Other than maybe, like, flying, yeah. you could argue flying for evasion, but really first strike is just mean. Yeah. Because, I mean, this can, you know, if you're blocking something, like, even if you're just throwing this away to a Blastoderm, it just feels so much better. Yeah. Leaving those counters behind. So, um, you know, I think if I think if you're going to consider, you know, if, if, you, if you're looking for some sort of wall, you know, if you wanted that Frixian uh, Crusader type at common, this is probably the closest analog. Yeah, and especially, like, for, like, a deck, like, red-blue, or, like, a red-white, like, ramp deck, yeah, ramp, uh, like, controlish mid-range, or whatever. <laughs> I've never seen a red-white ramp deck. <laughs> get, get in their mind stones! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, so let's move on to Slash Panther. Okay, there we go. You can, you can ramp into this with a mind stone. Four, four and a Phyrexian Red for a 4-2 artifact creature, 4-2 uh, haste. Like, the, the first thing I thought of when I thought of this guy was uh, Gerard's Irregulars, which was like four and a red for a 4-2 haste trample. 
And yep. the, re- the really awkward thing about that guy is, like, at first I really liked it, because I was like, this guy seems like he might be kind of Solifuge-esque. But, yeah, it's just... So often ran into a 2-2. I was like... It, it was kind of like a hideous end, yeah. I was like, uh, you know, block with your 2-2, take 2 trample. And I paid 5 mana for that. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, red... Like, you know, just entwine barbed lightning. Like, that's better than, than, um, guards or regulars. Yeah. You know, oftentimes. You know, that, that I'm not a big fan of most of the, many of the haste creatures, because that one extra mana often makes the haste somewhat irrelevant, because, um, in most cubes, when you're curving out, your haste dude is as strong as the dude they just played on their turn. Yeah. So, yes, you can attack right away, but you're attacking into something that can just trade for it. So, like, I, you know, like, you compare Slash Panther Slash Panther, to, like, Raging Minotaur. You know, you get a 3-3 haste for 4, and you don't have to pay any life for that. And I think that Raging Minotaur is probably better than Slash Panther, and I'm not running Raging Minotaur. Hmm. Yeah. I think I, I can so, find that, yeah. And then um, the last card in red that, that I had is um, Volt Charge. It's tuna red for an instant, uh, three damage to target creature player, and then proliferate. So it's you know it's kind of similar to um, to Grim Affliction, you know, which we talked about. But I, I like this I like this card just to highlight the fact that it's three damage for three mana at instant speed, and I think that. Um, one of the things that I've had brought up as a complaint about my cube is that some of the burn is sorcery speed, which is intentional, because I want you to think hard about what you want to kill or not, and if you want to use it as a burn spell or not. I think that that's, you know, it's similar to removing damage from the stack with creatures. You, you want to consider if you want to deal the damage or get a marginal ability out of it instead. And, um, you know, I find those decisions interesting, and I think some, some players do, but other players just want to be able to play spells whenever, at any time, for any given reason. And this is a way of, of having your three damage to any target you need. And it's an instant, but because it costs one more, it still feels... This, it, it ends up being the same effective speed. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of three-mana spells already. Like, I don't know if this... Like, there's... Uh... Uh, whatever, uh, the, the Infect, not Infect, Puncture Blast, Barbed Lightning, uh, arguably Ristic Lightning, I don't know, that's kind of an awkward one because of the two, and then no, four no. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Ristic Lightning probably uh, doesn't count. No. <laughs> and Burn burn the Impure doesn't really count. Yeah, that's it's a only, It's only creatures, you know, um... Yeah, just give me Lash Out. Barbed Lightning, <laughs> you should be running anyway because... You can entwine it. Five mana for six damage is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's not relevant. Well, I mean, it's just like, I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure how, like, this this seems pretty far down, like, in terms of, like, the proliferate, you know, like we said, it's just kind of interacts with barely anything. But it just seems like this is pretty low down on the totem pole, like, you know, how many burn spells do you necessarily need to get to the point where you're using Volt Charge? And it just seems like you'd have to have, like, either really huge cube, like, I'm not, I'm probably not going to run this and my commons cube is ginormous. <laughs> like, it's either got to be really huge or it just seems like a downgrade. Well, for, 
my, my first question would be, is what commons cube? I thought you didn't have one. Well, that's true. Well, it's <laughs> 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 I'm just asking, like... No, I... Yeah, I mean, I, um... You know, one of the things... I, 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 I like to bring these cards up because they're just good for thought thought exercises and kind of looking at other similar cards. You know, I think, obviously, you know, is Puncture Blast strictly better than Volt Charge? No, because they have two different cards and they two, they do very different things in very different circumstances. Yeah. But... If you if you were in a position where, you know, proliferate was something that would be doing interesting things in most games, you know, I think that this serves a really interesting purpose. Um, if you're looking for ways to swap out and make all of your removal instant speed, you know, this is probably something to keep on the list because when you eliminate sorcery speed spells, like you get rid of chain lightning, um, volcanic hammer, fire ambush, you know, uh, flame wave, you get rid of those sorcery speed spells suddenly Volt Charge is going to be a lot higher on that list. Just because it's three damage, three mana, it's fairly, you know, it's, it's fair. Yeah. Not the most efficient, but, you know, when you're using Bolt as a measuring stick, what burn spell is. I was about to say, Bolt is just like the king. Yeah, so, you know, recalibrate it towards, you know, um, yeah, I think three mana, three damage is where the measuring stick's moving towards. I think the burn spells, you know, I mean, they... You know, as far as I'm aware, the discussion's been that Lightning Bolt's not coming back. That's what all the speculation is, you know, it's yeah. been hinted at. You know, so I mean, I think if you're assuming that logic, this the spell looks pretty fair, and it's an instant. Yeah, I'm hoping there's, I don't know, I'm hoping there's another cool common burn spell that replaces Lightning Bolt if it doesn't come back. Like, I don't know, something, something to make up for Go for the Throat, because <laughs> That's just not fair. <laughs> or at least not go for the throw being uncommon. Like, seriously. Yeah. All right, last color uh, is green. And, <laughs> of course, green's the last color. Uh, with uh, Mall Splicer, another one of the Golem cards. Uh, this one is seven total mana, six and a green, for a 1-1 one, one Artificer. And then when it enters the battlefield, put two... 3-3 three, three golems into play, and golems you control have trample. This is an army in a can. Yeah. Nor that golems have trample, the three, three, th- a three, three, a three power with trample is fairly irrelevant. Um, yeah. Okay, you, you ping or shock randomly against blockers, but if they're throwing dudes in the way like that, they're probably low on life as it is. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But this is one of those cards where seven mana... You know, seven mana, you get seven power, and if you ignore the the one, the fragile one one, you're paying seven mana for six power at common. That's not so bad. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, um, you know, if you if you power this out and like in in like green, because it's a come into play effect. If you like, you say flick it or reanimate it. it yeah. Just, oh, jeez. It just gets it just gets really absurd. Um, those getting two. Getting two golems uh, feels really good, and um, this is one of the few cards that I think, you know, starts starts to approach Crusher of Ulamog territory. It's definitely not Crusher of Ulamog, but if you build, um, my cube has a lot of effects that interact with this because um, I run both of the Breath of Life type spells. I run the Flicker effects. Um, Green Black is really strong because you can just keep reanimating it if it happens to die. But it's just one of those cards where at seven mana, you're getting your value at common. Because one removal spell does not deal with this. Two yeah, removal have. spells does not deal with this. Rolling Thunder does not deal with this. 
well, probably Rolling Thunder is the only card that could deal with this. Yeah, and that costs a ton of mana. Like, you've got to put, you've got to have nine mana because you've got to deal, you know, nine or eight mana because you want to kill those golems. That's, you know, fireball. It, the golems probably are dying to fireball either. Yeah, that would cost like you, you need eight mana eight, for that. Yeah, Just kill the golems. You know, it's it's a really it, it's difficult to answer in popper. And I think that that's, that's what makes this a lot more appealing than the White Splicer. Yeah, just... Yeah, I think the two bodies thing is really huge. Like, that's... Like, the other... The uh, the white one doesn't really... You know, like you said, it isn't really an army in a can, but i definitely say this one is. Like, it's... Yeah. Super, super thumbs up on that one. But, yeah... I think, yeah, definitely it's going to fit well in green-black, especially. The others, good as well, but I think it's going to really have a home in green-black. Like, what would you ha- how would you compare it for the other, like, uh, like Havenwood Worm, or, uh, yeah, Ulamog's Crusher is, like, is Ulamog's Crusher, but, like, say... I mean, Havenwood Worm or Ulamog's Crusher, you untap and swing with, you're probably winning. They're just, like, premium finishers. They... They kill players dead pretty quick. Um, this guy, this guy is one is is like it, he comes with like a built-in insurance policy. Like having you know having the distributed creatures, having the tokens, um, and being able to take advantage of a blue player really probably not wanting to bounce this this guy. And then if they play if they play a, a boomerang, you know, okay, they kill a token, but there's still four power left on the board. You know that it's it's the fact that it's difficult to answer without a sweep effect, which really doesn't exist in common. That um, yeah, like, that's, that's what makes it, it, that's what makes this guy different. It's it's you know instead of putting all your eggs in one basket, you're effectively diversifying your portfolio for long term gain. Ah, I like it. I like that analogy. Invest in your four hundred one k's, kids, because when the government collapses in twenty years, you'll still be screwed anyway. <laughs> but you'll feel a little better. Da da da. <laughs> so let's, let's move on to let's move on to the card that probably everybody's drooling over or frothing at the mouth to kill. Uh, <laughs> it's mutagenic growth, and this is the one Phyrexian green mana. It's one you know one mana, green or two life, and um, it's an instant target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. This you know I've heard that this is like you know this is like the second coming. Um, have people yeah, been or, like saying to you like oh my god you have to put this in. I haven't gotten that yet, but I got somebody who was like, oh, yeah, you're looking for that in foil. And we're like, you know, I'm not going to say no, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about it, you know, and, and I'm, the thing is, is, you know, somebody on Twitter, um, I believe it was um, Useless End, um, you know, one of the one of the guys with um, Gathering Magic, he, um, I think he put it that Invigorate and Gather Courage didn't break anything. Why would this? And I think that's, um, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. You know, gather courage. You know, you can play for free. Invigorate conditionally. Uh, you know, is free. This same same deal. You know, you pay two life to pump something. You know, oh, two life and a card. You know, win target creature battle. It's okay. You know, I I still think I just want giant growth. I still think I want three power, or I want it to draw me a card, or I want it to be giving my creature shroud instead. Yeah. yeah. I think that plus two plus two is fine. You know, I think if you want it in there, so that way, like red black can like 
throw, you know, throw, throw, throw a card away to deal two more damage randomly. Okay, you know, but <sighs> I'm just yeah. not feeling it, and I yeah. think that that's you know where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, like Divines is really good. Probably the best. I think it's probably the best giant growth variant of all time. I think it should be the standard giant growth now. I think they should yeah. just print in the core set straight up green green target creature gains trample or uh, shroud and plus three plus three until end of turn or something. Just give it to us, please. What if it was like one, yeah? What if it was like one to green and did that? Wow, I would like still it. Good. Still good. Yeah. Yeah. One in a green for plus three, plus three, Shroud. and Shroud. Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Wizards, can you print it? Go in the time machine? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, one of the cards that I kind of thought of was, uh, and I, I don't know, I'm kind of iffy on this one, uh, Leeching Bite, one in a green, instant, target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Another gets a minus one, minus one until end of turn. And I think this is one of those cards that I think some BCSM is going to kick in. But, I don't know, I just... Like, it seems a lot better than I think it's going to be. Like, gather whatever the, uh... I should totally know. Consume Strength is one that I think... Is one of those cards that I think is good. But I think people think it's a lot better than it actually is. I, I've, had, I've had a ball with Consume Strength. I mean, I, I play green-black pretty regularly. Um... You know, I, I mean, I, I built a junk deck so I can play green and black together in Legacy. I nice. Pretty much love it. But, um, you know, the, the difference between this and Consume Spirit is that for three mana with Consume Spirit, you're definitely killing your creature. Two toughness is so much better um, than one toughness when it comes to reduction. I mean, because effectively this is like pinging your creature. Yeah. And if you can ping it, okay. You know, but the plus one, plus one is fairly marginal, and the minus one, minus one is fairly marginal, and adding two fairly mar- marginal effects together gets you a slightly less marginal effect, and I'm not a fan of this card. Yeah. I, you know, I'd rather pay the black, I'd rather have a multicolor card that actually kills your creature and lets me smack you in the face for two more, than this one that might do something, might not do something. I think, I think it's going to be one of these cards where, like, people imagine, like, oh, I have a two-two, I have two-two-twos attacking in their two-twos, and then I blow them out by making one smaller and mine other one bigger. And but you know it's just it's, you know BCSM. In, in magical work. rules learning, everybody has rune bears only land. Yes, yeah, this exactly. Card is king. It's so good. Oh, you blocked your two bears with my. You blocked my two bears with your two bears. Sweet. I'm gonna play this and give the my one bear plus one plus one and give the bear that's not blocking that one minus one minus one. Oh look, I just blew you out. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, how often is that gonna happen? Like uh, never. never. Like, never. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. I mean, you know, the fact that it's green, mono-green, I think is probably the most interesting thing, but still, even as a removal spell, I mean, I don't play Hornet's thing. No. And this just feels like... Or Gutshot. Yeah, it's like a slightly less... Well, Gutshot's an uncommon, too. Oh, I thought that was a common. Pretty sure it's an uncommon. Okay, well, it's, it's terrible no matter what. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, cards... You know, the free card... Well, it's, it's also a free card, which really changes the dynamic of how you might want to evaluate that, but I think yeah. Leech Bite is is okay. In in a world where lots of creatures have one toughness, suddenly this becomes a really, really good removal spell for green, but I'm just not feeling it. Yeah. And that card is, Gutshot is uncommon, by the way. I will, Thank you. I will applaud. 
Cacao. <laughs> The last uh, one is a uh, thundering Tanadon, which is a uh, four and two of the Phyrexian green mana for a five-four Trampler. Like, I don't know why. What? Yeah, like. <laughs> or like, why? Why am I? Why is it on yeah, the list? Like, why are we wasting time on this? I mean, it's you know, like, like why, I think it's why would you pay four? Four and a green and two life for a five four trample when you can just pay for four and a green for a straight up four four trample. That's true. That's you know that's what I that's what I have and I mean I mean there's no there's no way I would want to flame javelin myself to drop this guy on turn four in any deck. I think if the deck was aggressive enough, but that's uh, I mean I, that's again if you're playing some sort of hyper aggressive red black deck, or like, like red burn deck, and you've just got, like, the most aggressive green creatures and that's it, you know, maybe there's a place, but, you know, for, for four mana, you know, it's probably, you know, it's, I, I hate to say it, because I know you're gonna jump down my throat for it, but it dies to removal. Oh no, I'm mad. <laughs> no, it, it makes sense, yeah. It's like, I mean, this is like, this is like exactly the kind of guy, like, that's great, you shocked yourself, I'm gonna untap, terror it, and laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can't terror that guy, actually. And, and really, like, you know, like I mean, look at it this way. You know, okay, let's say let's say you get this down, you, you flame javelin yourself, you untap and you get the swing, and so you've traded, you've traded one card and four damage to yourself for two of their creatures. That's probably going to be the average scenario. Is you're going to kill two gray ogres with your one dude that you flame javelin yourself for. I thought we weren't living in a world where everything was a grizzly bear. <laughs> My world is shattered. But uh, yeah, it makes. I know what you're saying, like, a 3-3 three, three and a 2-2, two, two, or something like that, or... It'll trade with 4 power. It's kind of like with the Gerards or Regulars kind of thing, where it'll, like, trade I with a dude... It'll trade with a couple of dudes. I mean, four, tough, 4 Toughness is good, and I think that this is fine, but, you know, I... You know, you're you're not going to Flame Javelin yourself for it, and you're not going to want to pay 6 mana for this. Yeah. Is, is getting 1 power for 2 life worth this over... The four four with trample from the core set, I think no. Yeah. I, I think not even close. Why would I ever shock myself for that card? That's true. He does have a Tanadon. I don't know what a Tanadon is. It's like it's. It must be from Jersey Shore. <laughs> so I want to talk about the next card. Um, we're gonna get an artifacts. Just two cards left. Uh, thank you for bearing with us here. Um, Mycosynth Wellspring. It's two mana for an artifact. Uh, when it comes into play, or goes to the graveyard from play, search your library for a basic land and put it in your reveal it and put it in your hand. Um, you know, I think that they, there aren't too many colorless mana fixing effects at common um, that are that are cheap. You know, I I don't know if this makes it in my cube. If it costs, um, uh, there, there we go again doing the, uh, if, if it costs less, you know, if it costs one and I could trinket mage it up, oh yes, you know, it'd be totally worth it as a trinket mage package target, but, um, you know, the fact that this, uh, you know, it's basically two mana and it helps you hit your land drop, that can be totally worth it for the right type of deck, like a control deck, especially one where if you, you know, if you have to bounce something, or like you have like capsize and you can like, you know, you've got a reliable target. You know, if they've got nothing going on, you can always just continue to hit your land drops. You know, I, I think it's an interesting type of card. It's a little different from, like, 
um, Wayfarer's Bobble, where you have to play it for one and then pay two to go get your land. Is it two or one? It's two. It costs three mana to Rampant Growth with Wayfarer's Bobble. And a tap. Aww. Uh, this, this is like, I mean, it's like, it's basically like a Sylvan Ranger, but you don't get a body. But it's colorless. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a trade-off. And, um... Yes, like, blue can get mana fixing kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, thing that I, the thing that I think is really almost, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing about this is that, you know, in red there are several cards that they come into play and they blow up an artifact. You don't even have a choice. You've got to target something if, if it's illegal. This gives you a way of, like, let's say you've happened to pick up all three of those guys. Like, you've got Keldon Vandals, you know, Manic Vandals, and, um... Ox, uh, Ingot Chewer or something. Ingot Chewer. You know, you've got, like, a couple green guys, that, like, the guy that unmorphs and naturalizes, like, there's probably no harm in picking this up and in case you need, you know, in case you just need that little bit of mana efficiency. Because, like, if you can play this on turn two, hit your land drop, untap, play your Grey Ogre that blows it up, get your next land drop, you know, that's that's not so shabby. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's probably the, one of those best-case scenario type fallacies, but I think that um, if, you, if you really want more colorless mana fixing, instead of running all the bounce lands, try this. You know, I think that this feels a little more interesting than um, just dumb card advantage lands. <laughs> yeah, it's, like not it, a, it's, it's not a signet, but it almost feels like one, because you're definitely going to get that mana. It makes me think of a Wanderer's Twig, like from Lorwyn, where, but like you pay it in both as opposed to in parts. You pay one, and then when you sacrifice, you pay one more and sacrifice it, and it puts it in your hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, so this is Wanderer's Twig that has a bonus of if it dies, you get to do it again. Yeah, pretty much. So, I guess my summary would be is if you're running Wanderer's Twig, probably would just want to run this instead. Because if you're dropping Wanderer's Twig on turn one, and then you need to go get your land, you're probably off to a really bad start. <laughs> to say, like, like, if you have to do that, the game's not going to go well. I'm no, sorry. Your ga- the odds like- are poor. <laughs> Or, like, also the, uh, what was that, the Wanderer's Map, or whatever from Zendikar? I forget what it's oh, called, like, Expedition, Expedition map. map, yeah. Yeah, that's Colorless Sylvan Scrying for three. Um, yeah. This seems like an upgrade to it. Yeah, I mean, if you're running one of those two, you know, I think, uh, I think at Popper, Microsynth Wellspring's fine. Although, arguably, Expedition Map can grab, like, Sajiri Step and things like that, but I think that's, that's more of a corner case than, than the rule of thumb. Yeah. I think the overall cost is, is better on the uh, on the Wellspring. <laughs> and um, and so let's hit the final card. Uh, let's get everybody out of here now. <laughs> Pristine Talisman. Uh, this is three mana for an artifact, um, and it taps. Its ability is tap. Add one mana to Ranipul. Gain one life. And um, this was one of the cards that was previewed at the Mirrodin to see game day. That if you had a Mirrodin deck and you had no Phyrexian cards, you were mirrored-aligned, you got this as a promo with um, the, mir- the, the, Mirrodin, the Mirrodin symbol as its symbol. Um, and, I'm, and I'm looking for one of those copies. If you happen to have one, please send me an email or um, respond or something. I'm, I'd love to get one if you have one lying around you're not interested. But Yeah, I, I, I didn't... Think, I, I, I'll see if I can hook you up. Yeah, I, I like Pristine Tal- Talisman because it... It's the type of mana ramping that doesn't get stolen by a control deck. Like there are times where I'm where I'm red green and I'll totally snag Mindstone because I've got excellent five mana targets that I don't mind ramping into, and being able to cycle that cycle it away when my ramping has caught up 
feels just as good. And so sometimes those cards get sucked up by decks that you wouldn't expect it to. And this is one of the things that definitely reads control. Like, if you're running, um, you know, if you're running uh, Darksteel Ingot, I would consider testing this instead, because tapping for one life every turn adds up pretty quick when attacking has to happen. Yeah, like, they have to, like... Like, it helps It helps you survive longer. Like, one mana... Yeah, one one life doesn't 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 do a lot of difference, but if it's out for four or five turns, suddenly that card has gotten you a lot of value for three mana. And it has, you know, an ability, you know, it's, you know, not, I mean, pure life is, you know, bleh, but, you know, the fact that it's ramping you up also is really nice. And the thing is, is, is because they took out mana burn, it's something that I think that some of the shortcuts that we have built into our brain make us overlook these cards really easily. One of the things is this is a reverse pinger. If you have nothing to do with the mana, like your hand is empty, the board's empty, nothing's going on, you can still EOT on your opponent, gain one life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the worst case scenario, is you gain one life every turn. Yeah, and, even, and I that's think like... That's, I think that's, you know, an okay... You know, as far as worst case scenarios go, okay, that's not so bad. And remember, it still ramps you, it still gives you mana. I mean, it's still a fine card to play by, you know... For, for limited. So the worst case is it also just gives you one life every turn. That's a pretty sweet upkeep. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, it just, you know, it's all upside from there. And I feel that that, you know, that's what brings me to it. And the people I've talked to about it, you know, I, I've talked to the store a little bit about it, um, you know, some of the guys. And, and I haven't, I've gotten kind of lukewarm feedback, but um, I'd be really interested to see how it does because I'm just so focused on on dealing damage, you know, I think that, that the value, when, when there's more creature damage going on, Pristine Talisman's value goes up. You know, in, in Mirrodin, you know, in, in, in Mirrodin right now, where, where all the infect is, yeah, it doesn't feel as good, but I think that, um, I think that in Normal Limited, I think this, this looks a lot better. Yeah, and I think in, in, uh, in at least in Limited, I think it, you know, I, I, there aren't many mana, there's, you know, the mana mirror and stuff like that, but I think... I can, in draft, it seems like it'll be fine. But I don't know, I think it's, like, the fact that control matchups usually last a while, that I think, like, the effect that Pristine Talisman's going to have on the game, at least for, in terms of life gain, is pretty huge. Like, especially, it, it you know, keeps you alive versus the aggro match, and, like, versus mid-range, it gives you a pretty good life boost by, the, you know, a, a, I don't know how long, how much life it'll give you in the, in the average, but I can imagine a pretty good chunk. So, yeah. I think it's good. I, I don't know if I'd play over, like, the, uh, whatever, the, uh, Darksteel Ingot or anything like that, but I think, you know, I think it's definitely worth a shot, for sure. Well, that's all I had. Yeah, I think that's one thing I did uh, see was that, uh, I guess, kind of random aside, is that Mall Splicer is one of the, uh, like, one of the, it was like one of the promos, like, for game day or something, or one of the, I forget which of the promos, with, like, alternate art, and it looks pretty nice. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Like, like, there's, I think there's also, like, the Jataxian probe, but I don't think that's very good. Like I did an article. It's it's peak. 
like, oh, sweet, I get to look at a, you know, look at a hand and look at a card and whatever, but, I mean, you're you're never not going to play blue for it. Yeah. And it, I'm, I wouldn't pay blue for that effect anyway. Why is adding an optional shock yourself instead mode mm-hmm. feel better? Uh, for, like, when I saw it being previewed, I assumed it was an instant. I'm like, man, that's like, well, at least you can EOT pay two life. Or, like, cycle it, and then found out the source, and I'm like, oh. Huh. Like, I didn't think it was that good anyway before. Like, I thought it was just bleh as an instant, and then when I found out the sorcery, I was like, well. I, I wasn't going to play it in my comments cube ever, and I'm not going to play it in my comments cube ever now. But yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything. I think there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff. I, I think these cards are going to. I think the artifact creatures are going to look. Really pimp in common in uh, in foil for sure. Uh, like some of the stuff, like um, trespassing soul eater is going to be amazing. In oh foil. yeah, it's just going to look creepy and evil and cruel, and it's going to like look like something that I'm going to wake up in cold sweat and go, "Oh God, why do I have that monstrosity in my cube? I kind of want to die." <laughs> Blind zealot, like with the whole blue in the background, that looks pretty. Or like apostle's blessing. There's a lot of. A lot of the art seems to lend itself well, and, like, the artifacts, borders, as well. Yeah, definitely I'm a fan of this. Like, I wasn't too hugely impressed with the set for, like, powered cubes, but for commons, I think it... There's a lot of interesting options it brings to the table. Well, what? Like, for commons cubes, I think there's not a lot, really. You mean for powered cubes, there's not a lot. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Did I mix up the words? Yeah. I was, like, really, really confused for a second. Oh, my no, I mean, God. I've been honestly pulled interesting things to think about and talk about. I mean, there are clearly some that you can just mark off outright, but, you know, it, given... I, I know that given my cube, many of these cards are interesting, um, except for Leeching Bite and Thundering Canadon. Those are awful. Yeah. <laughs> just wretched. Um, sick, sick, terrible. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's there's a ton of really great options, and if you're looking to start getting into a popper cube, I, th- I think now's an excellent time. You should take most of these most of these commons here, and you're going to have an excellent start to something that just plays really interesting. Um, you know, I know one of the biggest problems I had was finding older cards, especially if like if you don't, you know, when you go to order commons online and they're all like ten cents, and you only want like twelve, it's a little awkward to order when the shipping's more than the commons you're. Buying. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, finding finding clever substitutes, like using, you know, newer cards that are definitely interesting and pretty powerful, I, I think is a good compromise. So um, definitely, you know, look into look into popper cubes if you're if you're ever interested. If you if you're playing your powered cube and you realize, wow, I miss attacking with creatures. I like attacking for two. <laughs> if you like attacking for two, you'll love popper cube. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, like I I built my commons cube and I haven't been able to draft it. As much as I would want to, I I don't well, cube. You don't anyway. have it anymore. You gave it away. You said I don't need this piece of crap. Why? <laughs> I don't even care about commons anymore. I don't know why Adam Swarovski thinks I'm his friend. Get this cube out of my life. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's probably you know I, I would I would suggest reacquiring your popper cube because that may help you find time to draft it. I don't just, like just a friendly suggestion. That's true. I'd be like, hey, give me my commons cube back. All right, let's draft this. 
<laughs> like, make sure you do it in that order. Like, walk up and just demand it. Be like, give me back my, my gosh darn cue. <laughs> now, give it. You know, do, the now. do the Midwestern cur- curse, you know. Oh, for Pete's sake, give me my cue. <laughs> you know, and then and you're like, all right, cool, we're, we're going to draft now, right? And they're just looking with, like, this horrific indignance, like, what? Like, <laughs> like what are you smoking? People give me that look all the time, anyway. So it's it's not it's not out of the ordinary. <laughs> I, I I have that look the entire podcast. I just you know I'm just like man, if the webcam ever just randomly kicks on, Usman, you know, oh, the, you're just gonna, you're just gonna see <laughs> seething indignance from me. And you'll probably see me. I don't even know if that's the right expression. You know, that's probably wrong. Somebody's gonna be like, "That's not what indignance is. That's not even a word," <laughs> etc. You know, and then like put four links in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I misused the word. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I have my, you know, pocket thesaurus handy next. Yeah, got Got to have the pocket dictionary. But I, I think we've, I think we've gone on long enough. I think it's time to, to close this out. So I'm, I'm just gonna pimp my, uh, you know, my popper cube site again. Yeah, go ahead. Thepoppercube.wordpress.com. It does not get any simpler. Uh, please stop in. Uh, feel free to comment on anything. Um, you know, if you have suggestions, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the underscore Stibbs, S-T-Y-B-S. Um, you, haven't, uh, you haven't posted on Twitter, like, lately. I don't, I've been like, man, where's, that, where's Adam? I, I haven't, I, I've been having trouble with this thing called sleeping. As oh, yeah, that, uh, that, that, too. Yeah. And I've been, I've been working a lot. I mean, I put in, you know, 24 hours the past two days at work, so I'm not, um, uh, I, I, I haven't just, I just haven't been as available. And so my free time, you know, like before, before hopping on today, like I did, I, I edited an article, you know, and this week seems to be like the, the week of, like yesterday I edited an article with six commander deck lists in it. What? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, assuming 60 unique cards per deck, um, that's at least 360 unique cards. Um, fortunately that wasn't the case because every, all the broken commander decks have blue in them. So <laughs> for like 35 unique cards per deck, um, but still, that's a lot of links to go through, verify, check, and um, you know the when, when you're looking at editing, it's it's a little it's a little different. So I, I won't uh, I won't get into that. But um, I I love commons. I can't wait for the for the new Frex Super release. It's just around the corner. Um, I'm assuming that this will probably get posted up next week. You know, the week of May second. So if it's this weekend and you're near Columbia, Maryland. Come on out, check DreamLizards.com. It'll tell you how to get there. It's um, you know the location. It's it's going to be an awesome time. I hope to I hope to see people out. And if you're driving from Memphis, Tennessee, get them a bottle of uh, Corky's apple flavored barbecue sauce and and give them give it to them. That'd be you awesome. ship me that. <laughs> yeah, like, speaking, like speaking speaking of teasing, like well I've got this popper cube, but apparently I don't own it anymore because I just gave it to some some sketchy guys <laughs> that'll never ever give it back. Oh, and by the way, I bought like bottles and bottles of this awesome barbecue sauce, and I'm totally unable to ship any of it whatsoever, despite mailing you a card. Well, hey, do you think, like <laughs> they'll be looking at like, me? It's like, like do you have any actual response to that? Uh, I'm a brown guy. They'll probably look at me like I'm the terrorist or something. <laughs> like sending anthrax and barbecue sauce. Wow, your response was race card. Did wow, it? <laughs> Did this just really happen. Ah. I'm sure you're going to edit this out, and if not, yeah. I, I'm, I'm face palming. Like you could hear it. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure, like like there should have been a loud, clear slapping sound because that was my fingers embedding itself into my forehead as I just crushed my <laughs> head down. Anyway, that's that that's all I have to respond. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's been a blast. 
definitely, definitely awesome. It is a pleasure to have you on, as always. I bow. I bow for respect. <laughs> I just browbeat you into bowing. You better bow. <laughs> and again, uh, you know, just, just one last time, you know, go ahead and drag the slider all the way back to the beginning. Listen to that little intro for, uh, you know, for uh, Pat Chapin, Bill Bolden, uh, The Gathering, you know, their album's coming out May, May 9th. Um, I think if, if you're any way at all interested in Magic The Gathering, Probably just want that to have. It's it's going to be it's going to be a blast. Did they say how much it was going to cost when it came out? Um, I haven't heard, but like ten bucks or something probably. I I, I have no idea. It, it it'll probably be way less than pimping like like two cards in a power cube. So yeah, <laughs> like less than a J. Like, like I can buy cardboard, or I can buy I can support somebody's hard work and investment back into the community. I know clearly cardboard's going to be higher on the wish list for most of you, but I would argue otherwise. Yeah. There's also a music video, which I'll probably, I'll try to link in the show notes. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, for, uh, Jason Line Sculptor. Yeah, and I think there's another one, like, still had all these. It was, like, an audio track or something. I think they made a video kind of of it. I don't know. Not sure. Anyway, it's, you know, look them up, look them up on Twitter, uh, The Gathering. Uh, of course, The Peach Apen. You know, pretty, uh, pretty solid guys if you're not following already. Yeah, totally, totally should. Alrighty, I think that does it. Yeah, I think that does it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'll catch you, uh, catch you at the next next set release. Awesome. Peace out. <laughs>